Welcome to Business Can Be Better. This is the podcast that helps businesses become even better businesses. I'm one of the co-hosts, Lane Anderson. I own a marketing company called London Road Media. And I'm Kelly Ray Tamaki, founder and owner of TMH Business Coaching and Consulting. what's new with you? I just got back from a really fun long weekend. Just me and one of my three kids, me and my son went out to BC, did some camping, went out actually for a client's wedding. He got married on Friday, so we went out to Moy Lake, did some camping, some hiking, some fishing, some swimming, beach stuff, and did not work. So it was very got a nice weekend. on your face too. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm very burnt. So that's what's new with me. Not work-related news, just the regular grind. And I actually took time off and did some fun summer things. Good for you. Yeah, I tried to make him work on Friday. It was hilarious. He did not work. He <laughs> was, was like, no. I was on don't a bus text me. to the wedding. <laughs> that's funny. I like that people can set boundaries. I, I respect that. All right. So how did you pick just one kid? My oldest was in Saskatchewan with my mom, so that took her out of the picture. And then, I'm not sure why we took Ollie instead of my youngest, but um, I don't know. He just needed someone on one time. (laughs) Oh, see, when I was a kid, we would always fight over who was the favorite, and Mm -hmm. we still do. And I'm sure my parents had one. (laughs) It's me. (laughs) It's me. But I mean, I imagine if you took, like, if I was the kid and I got taken, I'd be like, it's for sure me. Mm -hmm. I'm the one. Well, we haven't camped in a couple of years, so now my daughter is like, hey, when are we going camping? Because I said okay well we took took ollie so i guess i should take you somewhere too so maybe there's another camping trip in my summer still we'll see i hate camping with all the bugs and yeah dirt and i don't mind i got this old 70s canvas tent that's fun (laughs) it's just like very retro cook over the campfire and we have a trailer with like a tv and a shower and things and i still hate it (laughs) no no that's way too fancy it's not What's really camping. That's what you people like to say, right? I you real campers. Me people. Me people. You people. That a camp one once every four years. What's new with Kelly Ray? Well, not a lot. Except for today, actually, something's new. We're buying an office. Mm-hmm. We, we put a deposit down on a new space today. That's really cool. It's it's really on brand. It's just like it's going to feel a lot better there. This, this might sound stupid, but actually, I'm going to talk about bathrooms for a second. So, okay. Um, Whenever I would go to a client's business, I would check their bathroom. And if Mm -hmm. it was really nice and clean and there was no like torn toilet paper or anything on the ground, you know, those little pieces Mm -hmm. that fall off that people either pick up or they don't, I could tell how good their culture was. Yeah. And so this building that we're currently in has never really, it's a shared bathroom. We share it with other businesses and I hate it. It's like just not a nice bathroom. So I... I want a bathroom where my staff feel like proud of and they like really (laughs) love it. And I went to this office building, you know, by the mall, that new one over there where Brendan is uh, a couple months ago. And I went into their bathroom and I was like, wow, this is the kind of bathroom where employees would never want to quit. Right. And so ever since then, I was like, I can't do this anymore. So January 1st, we move into our new space. So that's what's new. So this decision was made over the the state of your bathroom. Yes. (laughs) Our... Like our office, when we renoed it last fall, the bathroom was the one. No, the bathroom in the mezzanine area is the only ones that I haven't done. But ours is actually, like, it was already quite nice. So I was like, it, it wasn't. Nicer in, than ours. Yeah. yeah it wasn't okay. in style with how the rest of our office looks, but it was, like, good enough that I wasn't going to rip it apart yet. But we'll get there. I want an awesome bathroom. I'm not talking about style. I'm talking about, like, a hole in the Just ceiling. cleanliness. Like, and, cleanliness. Yeah. yeah, plain, like, stalls that close. <laughs> All those amenities. Yeah, ours is fine. It's just not. 
as cool as the rest. So Bathrooms. Okay, so we're talking about what today? Bathrooms? <laughs> yeah, and patience. Patience, right. Talking about patience. And I brought up this as, I, I got to pick this topic. I said we should talk about patience. And yeah, just because I think it's probably, and I've said this a lot in uh, the last couple of years, it's probably the biggest lesson I learned in my first year or two of business and still continuing to learn and get better at, but it was the hardest thing to learn coming into business because I started a company and decided I want to be known as the best marketing company in the city that we live in and that was just a tough thing to swallow when you think you should be there and it's not it just doesn't happen as fast as you think it should okay I'm gonna argue with you a little bit on that because you are Um, but how do you measure that well that's that's kind of the tough part right there's no finish line that's obviously crossed it's kind of just taking stock and be like yeah I think we're there so now we're at the point where I can say we've definitely made a lot of headway in that direction and maybe we're there but it's just um it's not a not a really easily measurable goal but that was the tough part was the first year or two being like why why are we not the obvious choice for all of these businesses why are they still going elsewhere uh and just having patience to build our brand build our recognition in the city and just it comes and then when it does come you look back and realize how fast it came. You're like, whoa, that didn't actually take as long as it should have. While it's happening, you're like, God, this is taking forever. But once you get there, you're like, wow, that was that was quick. What's next? So is that going to happen with my Facebook likes? Because that feels <laughs> like it requires like, what is going on with that? We've had our business for almost five years and we just don't have that many Facebook likes. And it's I know it's Probably. a vanity, vanity metrics or whatever you like to call it or an ego metric, but it bothers me. It probably will, though, because you'll catch some momentum off one thing. will go viral or whatever, and you'll pass it and then well surpass it. And you'll be looking back like, oh, yeah, I'm, I remember when we only had whatever, 800 followers or whatever you have. And then you'll be sitting at 10,000 and those will be long, long ago days. See, patience with a clearly defined goal. Do you think that's different than being patient with a less clearly defined goal like because when you were talking about being the best marketing company in town I was thinking about when I used to weigh myself all the time and I wanted to be like I wanted to weigh less Mm -hmm. and I remember I was like so determined to meet my goals but the minute I would meet my goal I had this app and like the second I weighed myself and I was like "Ooh, I'm finally at my ideal weight I would change my goal to be lower right I wouldn't even celebrate it I just kept moving it yeah yeah I don't know so it's almost you can't be patient if you constantly move the goalpost no you have to set a goal and lay out a plan to reach it and, and keep that as your goal. But it, that's the thing that is making it an achievable one. Because if you shoot so high and then you run out of patience, even when you're really good at patience, um, it needs to be achievable in a short enough time period that it feels like you've achieved something. So I think that's what made it easier for me to learn patience was that we did achieve like a pretty good level of success fairly quickly. So it was easy for me to be like, oh yeah, like I've learned patience (laughs) because I haven't had to be that patient. But still just, it was still effort trying to learn that. I just had a horrible thought. I didn't want to do this podcast because I I told Lane, I'm not patient. How am I going to talk about patience? But I just had a meeting with two of my favorite clients and, uh, I've been arguing with them for a month because they've only been in business a year and they're doing spectacularly, mm-hmm. especially for their industry. Like their every key number in their business is way above average and industry standard. 
and they're just like not satisfied. They're like right. super impatient. They want to get to this next hire. Mm-hmm. But my my husband has helped me learn that one of my you know, areas of opportunity is that I'm constantly telling people you can do better. Right. Because I, I tell myself <laughs> right. all the ta- that all the time, right? So I tell my clients all the, that, that all the time. So now I'm like, oh my gosh, have I created a lack of patience in my clients? Because I'm like, yeah, but you can do better. Because it's never enough. Always moving Didn't the Didn't we talk goalposts? about that last podcast? About oh, you're enough. This I is need enough. some counseling. Okay. I need to book some counseling after this. But this is where, to quote Gary Vaynerchuk, who talks about um, macro patience and micro speed. It's not about being patient in the day to day, the execution and the getting stuff done. It's in the macro as far as here's our vision, here's our goal, our mission, um, a lot of careful planning, being very intentional with everything that you're doing. That's where you need to have patience and working slowly, taking steps towards that big lofty goal. But when you're talking about the day-to-day operations, like the stuff that just has to get done now, today, this week, this month, you got to move fast. Like in there, we don't need to be patient. So that's where like maybe you would have guessed that that would be what I want to talk about is we need to slow down and not work on these projects so fast because that's not it at all. You need to work fast. It's like us, like we went from hey, maybe we should do a podcast together to launching a podcast in like a week. So <laughs> and <laughs> you, doing one you every do week. do it fast. Yeah. yeah, just go, just do it, do it, yeah. do it. Like that's not the place for patience. It's in the big picture and that's achieving that's where, the mission mm-hmm. yeah and you, that's goals. where you kind of divide those different activities and and again gary he talks about clouds and dirt and clouds are where your big picture and the lofty ideas and the guidance and all the you know looking from a high view down at your business and what needs to be done and then the dirt just being like getting your nails getting your fingers in the dirt and getting muddy and doing the nitty-gritty like that's another place that a business owner still needs to be so you have those two roles in the macro the, the clouds is where you need the patience and the micro or the dirt that's where you just gotta move quick and execute quickly and get things done you have a lot of young staff right yeah do you think young people are patient i don't know if i could say there's any uh age specific trend on that (laughs) yeah i I mean like millennials and younger we're both millennials right i am yeah i am (laughs) yes i'm not lying about my age i was born in 1983 i'm like just on the cusp yeah i don't know where it is where the line is you might be right there i think it's 82 it might be 80 yeah but anyways, we, especially when I was doing my MBA, oh my gosh, it was so annoying. People would always talk about millennials have no patience. Millennials right. are instant gratification driven. Millennials like mm-hmm. have no ability um, to delay gratification. And that's, we were talking about the marshmallow right. test before this, right? That um, I think it was more than 40 years ago, they did that test with the kids where they put a marshmallow in the room with them. And they said, if you could just wait, you can have two marshmallows, right. you know? But if you can't wait, ring the bell, we'll come back in. You only get one marshmallow. And you're talking about your daughter. Tell the story about your daughter. It's <laughs> so good. My daughter agreed the other day because her brother was playing with her toy that she was not playing with, but he was and she didn't want him to be. And so she agreed because I thought I, I would give her an offer that would be ridiculous. She would never <laughs> agree. So I said, how about you never watch TV again for the rest of your life and then I'll make sure that he gives your toy back right now. And she was like 100% on board to agree to that. Like, <laughs> I, I am seven and I will never watch TV for the rest of my life until I'm a moved out adult if I can just have this toy back right now. But that's that just fixation on the now and what I want right now with no thought about the future repercussions of that. And that's what's happening a lot of the time with, I think, people who aren't achieving their goals is they want instant gratification. And it's, I don't think it's just, like you said, just one age group. It's all of us. Why wouldn't you want to feel good now? Mm -hmm. 
and I think the only answer to that is that the long-term benefit is going to be much greater than the short-term one. Yeah, I can see that being true generationally in some ways. Like as far as if you want something now, like you want to buy something or you want to talk to someone, you want results now. Like I can't stand if I want to buy something and the store closed at 6 p.m. I'm like, what is this? I have to wait till tomorrow? Like I want it now. Mm-hmm. I get that. But I, I don't know necessarily if it's so much that way when you're talking about get something now or get something better later. I think I think we definitely still have the capacity to slow down, do some good planning, be strategic, and put in good solid work so that later you get a larger reward. I don't know that that's compromised. As business owners or young people? As, as young people, and I guess that would apply in business, but just life in general, if that's what we're talking well, about. Well, why are so many people overweight then? I don't know. Well, I think <laughs> it has a lot to do with drive throughs to be honest. But yeah. I mean, I think of that, like, we were talking about this before too, drinking and overeating. Like, mm-hmm. getting drunk or eating way too much, like, often is an example of short-term behavior that's costing you long-term health. I agree. I don't think that short-term indulgence that's costing you long-term health but as far as it being applicable to a generation i don't think that's what i mean to business then yeah i just because i mean people who want short-term reward without thinking of their long-term health that's certainly not a millennial issue (laughs) that's every generation issue so i if we're talking about is it specifically something that our generation struggles with i don't think so no as society that we struggle with sure my staff are all younger than me and they have had incredible work ethic and long-term ability to think long-term and patience see i think we're straying from patience now i keep wanting to make this a conversation about short-term versus long-term because i think the only way i can make myself be patient is to think about the long-term benefit you know i Mm -hmm. I, when i learned about cost benefit analysis i started doing that in a lot of situations in my business and in my life and it's pretty much the only way i can delay gratification is like well the the risk or the cost the negative consequence of this is going to far outweigh right the benefit Another way that something similar in the way that I would think about that, and that sort of relates to the setting realistic expectations, but cost benefit analysis, all that, like I come from a poker background as far as where my business first started and what I still do a lot of work in is in the poker world. And there's a lot of lessons you can take from that game to apply to life. But especially when people play tournaments, if you go in there expecting to win and that's your goalpost as far as I'm successful I've had a successful day if I win you can't set your your goal on uh, on an outcome you can't control right because there's still and this is the same in business there is a factor of luck and good circumstances involved you need to set your goalpost on I made the best possible decisions I could have I made less mistakes than I would I did yesterday it's on set your goals on what you can actually control because you can't control the outcome 100%. There's just not almost nothing in this world where you can 100% control the outcome. I mean, chess is a game where there's no luck factor involved. It's 100% strategy, but games like poker where it's, you know, arguably 50-50 luck and skill, um, you can't set your your goalpost for success on something you can't control. That was profound. <laughs> I, no, seriously, I, I'm like, I need to write this somewhere. That's really powerful. I think a lot of us experience a lot of impatience and anxiety because of trying to control things we can't control. Right. I think that has a lot to do with patience. So patience in business. I know Tony Robbins, I uh, 
I know a lot of people are not a fan of him right now. Stop picking on him, by the way. <laughs> Tony's the best. Um, but not I don't, when I quote Tony Robbins, I don't talk about him as like a motivational, a motivation guy or like a personal development guy, but more of a business strategist because he is one of the most successful businessmen in the world. But he talks about how we always overestimate what we can do in a year, but we underestimate what we can do in 10 years. Mm-hmm. And every time I hear that, I'm like, oh, but I'm, I'm only five years in. I have to wait five more years, you know, but it's so true. Yeah. It's so true in business. Yeah, that's you said that the other day, and that's absolutely true. Because I highly overestimate what I think I should be able to have done in a year. <laughs> but looking back over three, since I started my business, it's like, wow, how did all that happen in only three years? So. That's me with our online marketing, right? Yeah. Like I told you, I tried probably two or three different companies in the span of a year, and I pulled the plug mm-hmm. after a few months. I was like, no, this is a lot of money. It's not working. I'm done. Yeah. So no patience. But I couldn't know, like I couldn't control that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think with the way that there is very little barrier to uh, getting into certain types of business or in content creation or in, in a lot of things, there's the barriers are removed. Like us doing a podcast, we didn't have to go to broadcast school and then get a radio show. Like you can, we just decided to make a podcast and we put it on iTunes and it's out there. It's, or who it's knows, maybe no one can do. hear it. Maybe it's <laughs> not really on iTunes. I'm just trusting you on this. But it's just so easy to just execute quickly. And because of it, there's a lot of mediocre stuff out there because it's just like well let's do it let's go let's get it done let's put it out there but when you have some patience you slow down you get strategic you develop a game plan you kind of put an architecture around it and build from there then you have that patience and now you're not producing something mediocre because excellence will still stand out um, but it takes some time mediocrity has become very very common and you'll see that with new platforms whether it's with podcasting or with a new social platform or whether it's whatever it is a new management style a new something the first people into it can have a lot of success with mediocrity like the best youtube channels when youtube was brand new you can get massive success and be really mediocre but it just gets to a point where mediocrity is not gonna be good enough and excellence will still stand out but it can't necessarily be done quickly it requires patience and you don't build the wall before you get the blueprints right well some people do but it's <laughs> probably a shitty wall it's that ready, fire, aim strategy that doesn't work very good. You're supposed to go ready, aim, fire. Yeah, and I think there's some cases, like you said, the YouTube, early YouTubers, and even some tech startups that just kind of took a stab mm. and they just got really, really rich. So then a bunch of other people tried it without patience and they all right. imploded. Yeah, and there's people I've spoken to, even locally, like people who have hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of followers, like on a Facebook page, and for them to give advice now on how to do that is not really helpful because they achieved that because they were one of the first to the platform and they just built an enormous audience. And so to take advice from them about how to do that today, well, how to do that today is in a completely different environment than it was six, eight years ago. I'm so, so glad you said that because I bought all of those courses and you're right, right. It doesn't work now. No, it that doesn't. That was their, that time. And the, and the good ones are self-aware enough that they know that there was a bit of luck there, right? That they got on a platform, maybe not luck, they just jumped at something quickly when they saw there might be an opportunity and there was a risk there that they might be just throwing their time away. Um, but they took a risk there and put some time in and found those early benefits that you get massive followings. Um, and, and a lot of them are self-aware enough to realize that they wouldn't be able to do it again now with the kind of content that they put out 
still, right? They, they built an audience when it was easy to build an audience. Good thing we can't take comments on podcasts. <laughs> we can. I found People some. People can what? tweet at me or something. Thought, okay. No, no. They Only can't. Lane, though, not me. Yeah. So I found a couple of cool tips. Are not tips, facts. That's a lie. Laura found these for me. Um, patient people enjoy me- better mental health. These are all okay. the reasons I'm going to try to be more patient. Um, patient people are better friends. Patience helps us achieve our goals. I found that interesting because I always kind of thought that my impatience and my drive and my ambition and my like really hard work ethic and my refusal to relax or chill out, as my husband would like to say, was the reason I succeeded. But it's not. As I learn, as I get older and I learn more, the more like ease I feel in my life, the less like craziness and anxiety and like really, really driving hard, forcing sort of thing, the more successful I get. It should feel easy and good. I think when we talk about goals, we're usually talking about something that takes long to accomplish right like I would say patience helps you accomplish your goals but that rapid quick moving fast that helps you get your task list checked off that's a different thing thing. like getting this email sent that's not a goal that's a task you need to do and those things need to happen quickly yeah it is it's accumulation of short-term tasks that get you to the long-term goal right patience is also linked to good health that would make sense. Microphone dropped. That's all we need. I will. <laughs> mic dropped. Mic dropped? Do they say microphone? I'm not cool enough to be on a podcast lane. <laughs> Don't drop the microphone. That's I won't. still new. It's very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. That that makes sense that patient people would be healthier because they are able to say, I, I don't need the cheeseburger right now because yeah. I have a long term goal I want yeah. to achieve. I'm not good at that part of patience. I'm learning the business patience, but we'll work on the rest of it. We have to be patient in business though, because we're like it's yeah. hard for us because I've started and sold and started and shut down two businesses in the last five years. Yeah. So one of them was a great success. We sold it just for the online asset, which was really awesome. And you know, I think I'll always buy and sell or start and sell businesses, but we started a business because it was an obvious easy market in town and I had originally encouraged a Calgary company to expand down here and they were going to do it and then at the last minute they just couldn't do it. So I'm like, well, we better do this because we did all the research and it looked like a good idea. But I really didn't think about how there were such low barriers to entry Mm -hmm. and like kids on Kijiji started doing it and it was terrible and it was a disaster so we shut it down in less than a year. And uh, somebody said to me, oh, well, you better hope your clients don't find out about that. And I was like, well, no, I told them all. Like, it was a good lesson. You know, like, I wanted to illustrate uh, the mistakes that I made and how we can do better and that sort of thing. But it's almost like as business owners, especially if we're going on a public forum like this and talking about, like, hey, Mm -hmm. listen to our opinions, we have to be more patient than than a lot of people, I think. And Mm -hmm. you have to be more patient for your staff. Yeah. I really need to work on my patience. That's all this is really doing for me. (laughs) Patience in management, that's a whole different, it's a subsection of this, patience in management. When you, like when you hire, when I hired last year, I was impatient. was just like, let's just, yeah, this person looks good. Let's take them. And then quickly learning that this isn't going to help me move faster. This is going to slow me down for the first six weeks of them being staffed because I need to bring them into our system, show them our processes, help them see how we do things. Uh, it's And it's a lot to learn. And because of that, that didn't work out. But now just recently hired a new person and walked into it knowing that this is going to slow me down for a bit. And I need to leave the time aside so that I can patiently work with them, not get impatient with them and allow them to learn and allow them to become very valuable to us. And because we did that, they become such a better employee. So I think the other that is such a good point. I think the other piece to patience and hiring though is waiting for the right person. 
Yes. Because so many business owners I've seen when they hire out of desperation, it's just a disaster. You have to be patient. You have to use your hiring process and you have to wait for that right person to come along because, yeah, impatience and hiring is probably one of the worst. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that I'm going to be working on my patience a lot more. All right. Do you have a quick tip for us? Yes. So my quick tip is about having patience in marketing because um, because I want to talk about content marketing. We are I come at marketing especially as a content marketer first. That's what our agency kind of heralds itself as, and we still are full service. But content marketing is our jam, and so. I was talking recently in a video I made about the golden rule of content marketing is which is that the content has to come first and even to the point where you're leaving some short-term money on the table because yeah you could throw a call to action at the end that says you know visit this link or buy this thing here or whatever your call to action or pitch is um, but it's going to drastically impact how good your content is because all of a sudden people are not enjoying it as much because they know they're being pitched to and so you're hurt your long-term value by looking at short-term value. Um, so content marketing, the golden rule is content has to come first. It has to be king. It has to reign above everything else, even if it feels like you're leaving money on the table. It just has to be great, great content, which requires patience because it's hard. And I mean, we're making a podcast that we don't expect to have a thousand subscribers <laughs> in our probably first year of doing it, right? I want a thousand last You week. have to be I have no patient. You have to just continually create great content without going for short-term gains, which is what um, I think a lot of businesses struggle with in marketing and advertising is they want sales tomorrow. And it's tough because if you need sales tomorrow, then you might need to do a bit of that. But that's the value of or the importance of marketing when things are good is because you build value today that's going to earn you sales next year. So the example I gave when I made uh, a video about this recently was my son who's absolutely in love with BMX racing this year and we found a YouTube channel by Scotty Cranmer which is one of the best BMX riders of all time and his YouTube channel is just him and some buddies and they're doing you know they do um, trick competitions against each other or they do obstacle courses they set up uh, and then you realize that these are set up in the back alley of his bike shop like he owns a bike shop and he'll start his videos just be like oh hey everybody we're just behind my bike shop and that's literally all you hear about my bike shop but it's very evident it's not like you have to dig to find out it's very very evident and some of them some of the episodes happen or some of the yeah some of the episodes happen within his, his bike shop is that he owns this this uh, business called SC bicycles and so I imagine that this does very very well for him he has videos with millions of views he has like something like two and a half million YouTube subscribers people just watching him and his buddies just be ridiculous and backflipping over inflatable rubber duckies and and then you just go online and can order your next pair of grips off of the site or whatever right so it's just it's brilliant content marketing um the example i always give when i speak at events or do seminars or sessions or whatever is the best content marketing ever made is the lego movie because it's a 101 minute ad for a toy right it's um their sales went up something like 35 percent or something the first year after the lego movie came out they made specific sets around scenes from the movie like it was it is a piece of content marketing uh, and because it's so good that people it's so good because there isn't a call to action there isn't a pitch it's just great content and that's what makes great content marketing
Content marketing is when something is so good that people want to consume it. They're like, yeah, I'll, I want to read that. I want to watch that and listen to it, whatever. Good content marketing is when it's good enough that they want to share it. They're like, to their friends and family, hey, you should watch this, read this, listen to this. And then great content marketing, the pinnacle is when people will pay you for your marketing, right? When it's so good, like the Lego movie, we went and paid them to watch their marketing. That's a great content marketing. And that's kind of the content marketing and then good and then great is that's where I set the bars at what makes them good and great. I love that. And I watched your video and I shared it. That's so funny because yes, it's great content. But the, <laughs> the reason I love that is because we have these live courses every month mm-hmm. where we teach awesome stuff for free. Mm-hmm. And we don't have very many people on the calls or on the courses. Right. And I, I think it's because everyone thinks I'm just going to try and pitch them. Because yep. every other free thing that I've ever done anyways has this hardcore, they build you up and they tell you, we're going to tell you these three things that are going to change your life. And then at the end, they're like, but you have to buy this first. Right. We never, ever, ever do that. When we say something is free, it's free. So I'm trying to be patient with that. And I will never, ever try to sell something when I say that it's free, but and it is hard. And that's part of setting your audience's expectation is, and that's the problem with when people use social media as a way to pitch to people. It doesn't matter if you then put out a great piece of content, people won't consume it because they're waiting for the pitch because that's what you always post. It's here's the sale, here's the place to sign up, here's the this or that. And now you've set that expectation in them that that's what you're using your platform for. I feel everyone else set that expectation because I never true you have to yeah you have to actually work against that expectation to set a new expectation like my followers have the expectation that they're just going to get content they never and i'm sure that mine do too yeah but why aren't they coming on my live courses (laughs) we're gonna have to work on this lane i will ask them My quick tip, honestly, I don't feel super confident about giving a quick tip on patience because I think it's something I need to work on. But um, short term versus long term thinking, I think is a really or cost benefit analysis, I think really helps me be patient. Like uh, that's how we made the decision on this new building we're buying. That's how um, I make decisions around like in my personal life. Uh, That's how I make decisions around hiring, you know thinking about the long-term cost and benefit of something or the long-term goal. Like Lane was asking before, don't you have a vision board or something? (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) Besides the point. But yeah, picturing that, you know, ultimate vision, the long-term goal, the mission that we have, even with this podcast, Mm -hmm. like I'm tired. I have a headache, you know, like, but we're doing this every week because we want to improve the success rate of businesses. Like before I die, I want more businesses to be succeeding than failing. Like the rates are so bad right now that's the only Mm -hmm. reason i'm doing this podcast right now nobody's paying us nobody's sponsoring this ever you know like you would probably be okay with me not doing this you know like yeah even if six people listen to this it's not a big deal like it's a good thing to do because it all leads to eventually getting that following of people wanting to hear it but it has to be good content right from the beginning even when only six people are watching and long-term helping you know Mm -hmm. that's what keeps me going with the videos like i remember the first videos that i did on facebook live i'm pretty sure it was you that told me to do facebook live a long time ago but anyways it was horrible and uh, if i ever watched them i would delete them so Mm -hmm. i stopped watching them i remember you saying and then people would come up to me and tell me like how much of a difference it was making for them so that's all i had to do was picture that one person and uh the difference that it would make for them. So I think there's lots of examples of long-term benefit that I can think of mm-hmm. that outweigh the short-term cost. 
Yeah. That's the only thing that keeps me semi-patient, but I, I am not a patient person. So I think your quick tip should really be the, the main focus today. <laughs> okay. That's the takeaway. Yeah. That's the real takeaway. <laughs> Lane's smarter than me at patience. <laughs> it was not, it didn't come naturally. It was a hard fought thing. And honestly, as much as it's a love or hate and people dislike Gary Vee as much as they maybe dislike Tony Robbins, <laughs> everyone's got their favorites and least favorites. But that was one thing that I I think I took away from watching and consuming a lot of Gary Vee content was just patience, especially with how long people's careers are now. Like, I'm 34 years old. I have 40 years of work left in me, easily. <laughs> um, people aren't retiring. I certainly wouldn't want to. Like, I will likely work until the day I die. So we have extremely long careers left. I'm three years into business and have 40 to 50 years left of business i think there's a lot left to do so that when you put that into perspective it's like oh yeah i guess i guess there's a lot of time to get a lot done yeah there is and i think that having patient people around me really helps too you and tim are really good examples of people that are more patient than me i think i'm gonna start trying to learn more from more from my patience mentors (laughs) you need patient friends yeah All right, so today we talked about the value of patience, and I gave a quick tip about how you have to follow the golden rule of content marketing, which is that content has to come first, which is an exercise of patience. And you gave a quick tip about cost-benefit analysis, getting into the long-term thinking mindset or out of the short-term thinking, and that's what we talked about today. The two marshmallows, even though I'm vegan and I do not eat marshmallows because they have gelatin in them. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay, cool. So you can uh, follow me me on twitter at lane underscore anderson you can follow my business page on facebook london road media and then me on linkedin lane anderson my business page on linkedin oh and get me on instagram too lane b anderson on instagram okay i wrote this down because i always forget (laughs) so on instagram you can follow us at tmh business on linkedin you can find me kelly ray tamaki and on facebook and linkedin we have company page tmh business coaching and consulting but lane just made me start the linkedin page so if you're gonna laugh at me for only having two followers please don't it's getting there. <laughs> linkedin is a exercise in patience oh yeah that's a good that's I've a good hit, point we're over 200 now which i think might be the biggest following of or at least like top five biggest followings of any business in the city i think because linkedin is just such a grind and we find we're at like 210 or something now which is enormous for linkedin if you're not international brand but Hmm. anyways that's all the places you can follow us we give them all because everyone has their favorites right everyone's like you got instagram people and twitter people especially people are twitter people if they're twitter users instagram people you need to be patient because (laughs) lane is teaching me instagram so i'm learning i like it all the stories you gotta go watch her stories to see what she's up to every day behind the scenes yeah okay okay thanks for listening we'll be back again next week these are weekly episodes now so we'll be back next week with a yet to be determined topic you can Mm. tweet at me if you want to pick a topic or shoot us messages wherever you can find us thanks for listening